Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Sing Do Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host, Sam, from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. Welcome to another sort of bonus episode. Those of you that haven't been listening to season three of this podcast, you may not know that every Monday, a new episode comes out featuring myself and Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. In fact, we've actually been joined by some guests this season and that will continue. In fact, those main episodes will continue. Do not worry if you are enjoying Tony and I talking, well, just utter crap, really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nonsensical, but it's supposed to be about sort of everything going on in the automotive world, then yeah, do not fear. Every Monday evening, those episodes come out here on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, and across all the sort of audio platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and yeah, and there are many others. I, I often forget which ones they are. So yes, if you are watching, make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss out. And if you're following, keep following where however you can do that. Subscribe or follow or, or rate us, rate me. Um, but yes, what are these kind of bonus episodes? Well, I've only done one other one so far, which was an F1 2020 season preview. That was audio only. And the bonus episodes will range from being audio only to video only to sometimes audio and video combined. And it's basically a chance for me to sit down with you guys and and talk to you about things that, you know, maybe don't make it into the the main episode or talk about things that are happening but are not making it onto the main channel, the Seen Through Glass channel, because I do do a lot uh, aside from the content I'm creating for Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and all these likes. Um, but some of it's really cool and, and it gets lost or it gets forgotten and I want to be able to share it with you and talk you through some of the cool stuff I'm doing, but also find ways to kind of grab little nuggets of content without having to try and make an entire video. Uh, and that's exactly what happened last week when I finally got to visit the Duke of London, a an unbelievably cool dealership and quite a young, I'm not going to say new, but quite a young dealership here in London town, as the name would suggest. Uh, I've been trying to visit Duke of London and, and Merlin McCormack, who set it up for ages now, I mean, for at least a few years. And last year, whilst I was away during Drive the World, they moved into a new premises and the premises that just looked amazing. I saw it popping up all over Instagram and, and a few YouTube bits of people going down there and visiting. And I thought that place looks insane. Uh, and whilst I am fully planning to do a main scene through glass video down there at some point, Obviously, when I went to visit last week, the weather was crap. I mean, and, and that's an understatement. I don't know what's happening to me at the moment, but luck is not on my side. Every time I take out a video camera, the heavens seem to open or Storm Sandy or Storm Doris or Storm Brian or 
wherever these storms are named after, turn up and it just makes filming hard, depressing and visually not that engaging. And considering we'd lined up a C63 Black Series as a test drive, driving that around West London in the pouring rain, I, just, I don't think it would have been that engaging. So yes, that is to come. But what did happen is I went down, met with Merlin, as I say, the founder of Duke of London, had a bit of a tour uh, and actually managed to do a bit of an interview with him to understand his story because, believe it or not, the guy is 25 years old, uh, and I'm sure lots of you are sitting there and hearing that, thinking, oh, it must all be just, you know, daddy's money, and he's, he's got to step up in life. His father is in the uh, automotive world, uh, actually sort of, well, I'd say world class. I was going to say UK class. No, anyway, he's a world class restorer um, and metal shaper, I think it's called. Anyway, I'll let Merlin explain that uh, more in a second when, when I run the interview. Um, but he's kind of built this this business and this kind of, empire uh, by himself. And I say empire because the premises which they're on doesn't just house his dealership, the Duke of London, but a whole load of other companies. And he's been kind of a genius in this sense, because what's happened is he's moved into a property that is soon going to be redeveloped. So he's basically a sort of a caretaker. For a few years, he gets super preferential rates for basically, you know, being in there and making sure the thing doesn't crumble down with the knowledge that he is soon going to be kicked out when the, uh, the cranes and the diggers move in. But it's such a huge space that there's enough room to bring in other businesses and small startups or creative companies that maybe wouldn't be able to afford West London rent, which, as I'm sure a lot of you can imagine or know, is extortionate, uh, have been able to you know, get into these kind of spaces. Merlin's rented them out to them. So it's a kind of hub, a hub for cool, creative uh, businesses that range from fitness, gym. There's a guy there who trains a whole lot of uh, Formula One racing drivers. There's Ceramic Pro have got a sort of base where they're uh, sort of setting up for their new PPF. They've got a paint protection film a product coming out, but obviously do Ceramic Pro detailing as well. There's a pub, there's a burlesque costumier. I mean, there's just so much going on, including Merlin's dad's business. So Merlin's dad's kind of one of his tenants, which I think, again, has to be kind of applauded uh, in it is quite amazing. So yeah, super interesting guy a very clearly passionate guy about what he's doing. What I loved about the dealership is the range of stock. If you don't follow Duke of London on Instagram, check it out because the cars that come and go are amazing. And on the day I went down there, not only did he have that C63 Black Series I mentioned, but a 911 GT3, old Land Rover Defenders. Um, I'm forgetting what else. 930 Turbo? Was it a 964 Turbo? I can't even remember right now. There was just so much to look at uh, and it's amazing. But it's it's the way it's kind of all housed in this slightly derelict looking warehouse, but it's just been perfectly caressed to be the ultimate cool space. It feels like you're walking into sort of like Dominic Toretto's, you know, weird garage from Fast and Furious. Just everything is, it's just got that gritty, but ultimately perfectly aesthetically pleasing vibe. And Merlin sort of dismissed it quite quickly and pretended like, you know, he didn't put much thought to it. But I don't believe that for a second, because if, if he didn't really put much thought to it, then he's an interior design genius. Um, but the guy's a very cool cat. Uh, he spends his time these days uh, driving around London in a yellow Range Rover, kind of more commonly known from the film Layer Cake. If you've never seen that film, great film with Daniel Craig and Sienna Miller. I think it was a Guy Ritchie film, but uh, one of the sort of, I wouldn't call him a baddie, but the but yeah, mafiosi type characters drives around in this bright yellow Range Rover. And now that's what Merlin does. So yeah, he's definitely got a look and a vibe and a, and a sense about himself, which I think is kind of cool. But he was incredibly nice, very generous with his time, considering I sort of turned up during the working week. Um, and yes, I managed to grab him for a bit of an interview and then a walk around. 
for those of you that are listening only, the sort of walking tour, I, I think it works well. Um, but if you're getting a bit lost, hop over here to YouTube because obviously I did film that walking tour and you can kind of see more uh, precisely what he's discussing and pointing out. Uh, anyway, I'm going to stop talking and let the kind of interviews and walking tour roll. I hope you guys enjoy it. As I mentioned, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. If you're following, please keep following because regular episodes will return and, and more future bonus episodes will. Let me know, actually. I'd love to know via Twitter or, or comment section. What do you think of these bonus episodes? Do you enjoy them? Is it nice to have some uh, alternate content? And no matter what, stay tuned because there will be a STG uh, video on Duke of London as soon as the weather gets a bit better and I can get down to one of his big events uh, and take out one of his amazingly cool cars. But for now, I hope you enjoy and I'll catch up with you next time for a main episode of Behind the Glass. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I don't know if you're going to take offense to this, but I feel like maybe you have an obsession with, with Guy Ritchie films <laughs> and the 1990s. Like, I'm waiting for Sienna Miller to appear somewhere, <laughs> but I don't know where. Is there any truth in that? I mean, I guess there's an element of truth with the silly car, but yeah, beyond that, beyond not, that, not no. entirely. <laughs> But there's a feeling here, which I think is super different to any car dealership I've been to, which is like aesthetic, whether it's on purpose or accidental, is as much as part of the sort of, you know, the buying or the shopping experience as actually the cars on display. Yeah, I, we kind of, it was just an amalgamation of stuff that I'd collected over the years um, that we finally had a kind of blank canvas big enough to display it all. Um, both the cars and the kind of artwork and silly neon lights and sculptures and things like that. Um, but yeah, there was no design or thought process behind it. It was just kind of eclectically scattered across the place. Well, somehow it's come together pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a cool environment to walk around in. But look, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, how on earth did you end up in this sort of position with this huge space doing what you do today? Where did it start? 
Uh, so it's, I mean, if we hark right back, there's uh, kind of a family link, I suppose. So my dad has been restoring cars my entire life professionally. Prior to that, he started out at uh, Muller Park Ward building Rolls Royces um, up in Hyde Road in Northwest 10. Um, so it's kind of been a London-centric classic car family. Mum always had cool cars when we were kids, and um, then when I was 11, I bought my first car to sort of do up and flip. Did that successfully and just continued on from there. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but that then snowballed throughout my kind of school career. Um, and yeah, what started out as a 32 pound car then ended up kind of growing. growing, yeah, growing. Yeah, not being a 32 pound no, 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 car. No, no, nothing what car did you buy for 32 pounds? Peugeot 205. Oh my not God. Not bad. That's a, that's a pretty good yeah. deal. I was, I was about 10 years too early before they were sort of modern classics. I was going to say now, good luck trying to find one of them yeah, for 32 yeah. pounds. Um, and then I left school at 18. I kind of flunked my A-levels, was too busy. By, at that point, I was buying and selling scooters. Okay. Um, you know, once I hit 16 and was able to ride these things legally, I figured that, that was the, the kind of the, the niche that I'd follow because it made moving them easier and reduced a huge cost of transport where I couldn't drive cars. Um, so yeah, that kept me fed. And then we uh, ended up in a situation where the classic car market really quickly obviously took off. Um, and dad had loads of clients coming to him with cars either he'd restored or cars they were looking to buy to restore or whatever he was never really that interested he's amazingly talented in what he does but he was never really that interested in becoming a dealer or broker or anything it, he's too busy and too good at what he does and, sure um and i kind of stepped up and was like well hey look there's potential secondary kind of income here let's pursue it um and i did and that then led to us opening our first showroom about a year later adjacent to his then workshop, which was at Kewbridge. Um, so I opened that when I was 19 and had that for a couple of years. We first started hosting our sort of classic and cake meets there and things like that. Within a year of tenure there, we'd taken on more units opposite and kind of started subletting out to uh, other business and going into business with other sort of small companies that needed a space in West London but couldn't otherwise afford to do it. The reason we were able to exist in that part of town is we were taking on these meanwhile uses so they're buildings that are destined for demolition, owned by developers, but they want someone in there basically to safety for occupation, cover the business rates, bit of rent for them. Okay. Um, and we kind of grew on that and uh, took on anything we could get. Sure. <laughs> so something which no one else wanted. Yeah, it you was, went, oh, that looks great. Decrepit <laughs> shite, but yeah, needed rewiring, repainting, new okay. roofs, everything. So you know, chasing a lost cause because ultimately these buildings are going to come down. But again, it, it was a kind of piecemeal way for me to not need to then you know, go to the bank or try and find funding elsewhere um, and just self-fund it and see how far I could push it. And ultimately at that point I realised that both with these short leases I was taking on and the fact that I was doing it all myself, I wasn't letting anyone else down if it all went pop. No, no one really knew what the market was going to do, it was ultimately never going to continue to appreciate as quickly as it was. Of course. But we then wouldn't have too much of a comeback. Um, I'm still the only member of staff at that point and there was you know, no wages for anyone else that needs to rely on or anything like that. So, yeah, it was a, a bit of a gamble. Yeah, but, um, of course. It's, it's going all right since. Yeah, so. well, it looks like it. And and so would you say then that, I mean, do you have an interest in the tinkering, like what your dad does? Oh, like? massively, do you, yeah. So you still love that? Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you've kind of ended up in the sales side? Yeah, so I don't really get a lot of time to tinker, for want of a better phrase, but my brother, who's a couple of years below me, he's um, taken to it like duck and water, and he's okay. just unbelievably talented for his age. Uh, he works alongside Dad full time. Um, Dad's got a couple of other guys now with him as well, and yeah, so they're based on site as well. So we, there's a lot of shared 
both clients and work and cars and all sorts going on. Um, and when I can get time, then yeah. Try and go down there. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. Ru ruin whatever <laughs> they've tried to fix. <laughs> uh, they, they are ten times. Like, why are you here? Yeah, precisely. And we I get laughed out yeah. the door. But yeah. <laughs> and where did where did Duke of London come from? I just made it up. Really? <laughs> just just, just, just made, made it up. That sounds yeah, great. That yeah. sounded alright. I was. I, it was when Instagram first came out. I don't think I've publicly admitted this before, but it was when Instagram first came out, and uh, I sat there. For, I remember you know, sat in school with your phone under the desk, thinking. Yeah, 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 completely. I was like 14, and yeah, it just stuck. Um, I don't refer to myself as the Duke or anything wanky, but <laughs> I would love if you did. Every time you have to bow when person, you leave the yeah. room, yeah, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's uh, it's worked and it's stuck. And I think uh, you mentioned very briefly the events that you kind of do to bring the car community together. Yeah. So that's been very successful, I think, since you've moved to this location. Yeah. It's tell, tell us a bit more. Well, about the that. dynamics changed massively. So after the first uh, venture at Kew Bridge, we then moved to Brentford itself. Um, on the other, literally the side of the road from where we are sat now. Another meanwhile space, again, we had it for two years, and that was where we were able to then further develop the brand. We'd gone from having about 3,000 square foot to 16,000 square foot. So it's again, quite quick to you know, grow what we had. Um, showroom went from seven car showroom to a 25 car showroom, and then, and, 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 and. So then we hosted bigger and kind of better events there, but they've all got, a ch like with the classics and cake ones that we've become known for, have got a charity spin on them. They're, a complete non-profit thing for us um, but it's a great way for me to kind of bring the car community together I got really fed up with kind of not having anywhere to go myself so back in I think it was 2015 uh, Hannah Burgess and I just sat down and we're like sod this let's just do it ourselves yeah, yeah, nice. I've got a shitty yard at the time <laughs> all muddy and crap but people might come and yeah, they yeah. did um, so then we moved in here Last year, I took the keys January last year, uh, kind of tentatively opened in June. We're still on a final push. So this month kind of sees the end of all the building work that's going on here. Okay. Um, and we've got a pizza restaurant opening and a few other things going on. Cool. And walk you around it's going to be really bad for the diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've opened the gym downstairs. So okay, it's, okay, it's kind of, <laughs> you've got to find some um, So once we took this space on, we had space for like provision for about 150 cars in the yard. So it's enabled us to scale the events up. Obviously, painted the road blue with the developer Ballymore, who owns this site. It was you know great idea of theirs that it's worked like brilliantly as a backdrop for for this stuff. Um, it's kind of given us a bit more of an identity as well. So I'm really grateful to them for that. But um, yeah, it's it's helped us kind of put it on the map a bit as, as a social event for the car community and. It seems to be very well received and what I love most about it and what was always our goal is that you can turn up in some five million pound hypercar and partner next to an 18 year old who just finished built, rebuilding the engine on his mini metro and everyone gets on and everyone's so fascinated about each other and there's just no bias, no pretense, no dickheads doing burnouts yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've really People who are into cars hanging yeah, yeah. around together. Yeah, 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 completely. And that's the thing I guess with your stock as well, it's pretty eclectic, I mean you've got a GT3 back to some old Triumph, I have no idea what it is, like you know, so, so I suppose you don't have a... There's no... We don't specialise in anything. Um, and I think, obviously, there's a bias towards the classic stuff, but ultimately, we, we, we work predominantly on a brokerage basis, so we're selling on consignment for people. Um, we do own some of the cars, but it, it works... You know, it's just a model I found work better for us, personally. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, some of our clients have all sorts of cars, so we're happy to sell whatever, as long as it falls within kind of the parameters. And even right back to projects, we worked with a great client of ours last year, bringing in 20-odd cars from Jamaica. 
and all of them <laughs> were shagged. Yeah. But we sold them on those projects and Super found cool. that they all flew out the door because people really want an entry level 911 or Pagoda or E-Type or da da da. have to get into that yeah. whole world. Yeah. We've got one of the E-Types left opposite that we sold on to a client and we're now restoring for him. I'll show you that later. I was going to say, do you ever go like, by the way, there's a great restorer yeah. across the world. <laughs> it's, it's, just over there, yeah. it's, it's quite nice. I think Dad's reputation kind of speaks for itself and so we're able to yeah, where it's almost gone full circle where before he was turning away these people looking to buy cars just because he wanted to focus on the restoration stuff we, we are able to like you say team up and yeah, yeah. Um, see these projects through which is really fun and exciting um, it's lovely type downstairs we just finished together and um, yes, it, it's, we've got quite a harmonious working relationship which is amazing. how does it feel about being like a, a tenant though like is there like there's, there's, there's none no of that no none of that at all I mean he's we've always kind of said from day one he, he keeps his nose he's the greatest advocate for what I'm doing um, and he's been so supportive and helpful and without him we wouldn't be here ultimately uh, the same goes for my mum my brother and everything else but it's um, yeah he, he, there's no hierarchy really amazing um, I love it yeah, they, they like to put me in place yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's still my dad ultimately but, there we go that's exactly uh, it well look, you've been teasing with all the stuff that's going on because <laughs> there isn't just a car dealership here there's like a, a mecca of just stuff going on and we can hear a lot of it uh, so I reckon let's yeah, go on a, a, let's roof, go on a yeah. walk around yeah it's a new route for Kate. Yeah, let's, let's go, go on a walk around and check out all these different bits going on right, awesome. perfect so we're upstairs on the mezzanine which is uh, what predominantly serves as the showroom we often clear all the cars out of here and lay out banquet tables and we have a bi-monthly supper club. So we've got a catering business based on site as well that hosts and cook for us. Um, and we've found that as once we kind of expected it to be more our clients and stuff turning up to them, the locals have really embraced what we're doing, um, which is quite nice because the development around here has faced a lot of resistance. So we've able to kind of pacify it a bit. Um, and really bring people on board. We want this space to kind of serve as a, a bit of a melting pot, both for the locals and car enthusiasts, and it seems to be doing its job. So this has just come in, um, two owner car. First guy was his retirement present. Second guy's a big collector who has hardly used it since. Um, it's, in my opinion, the kind of best spec. No aero kit, black, black. Four seats, as cool as it is to say, you've got the delete in the back, uh, sort of loses all functionality, but yeah. Crazy thing. We store a lot of stuff for people locally, and this is just a chap who lives uh, on the dock behind us um, and needed somewhere to keep his bike. And it's obviously quite a pretty thing, so we were more than happy to let him park it here for the winter. The clock, our spark, has, uh, and his mum run a company together making these clocks. Um, Learcroft design. The uh, Playboy poster was stolen out of a bus stop in Berlin for me by someone. The pinball machine from friends, chairs from a dear friend of mine. It goes on. The whole place has kind of organically come together. People, I think at first it was like, oh, he's got some cool stuff, we'll, we'll add to it. And now people are actively reaching out to me, just donating things to the space, which is incredible. We're not necessarily asking for it, but it's, it all feeds to the kind of eccentricity of the place and yeah, helps it feel still quite organic and authentic. So we're about two weeks away from opening our uh, pizza restaurant. So we've teamed up with a, quite a well-known chain called Santa Maria. They're consistently voted London's best pizza by Time Out and everyone else with any note. So this, in about 10 days' time, will be completely transformed. We're just having some repairs done to the roof above it as we speak, hence all the noise. Um, and yeah, that'll be open to the public seven days a week. Uh, and again, we'll be uh, kind of trying to you know, further incorporate the public into the space. Um, we want people to be coming here and dining. Obviously, we're changing the way the place is laid out. We've got some barriers and stuff going up, some screens to stop people from being able to access the cars. But 
everything will still be visual. Um, so yeah, really, really excited for that. I first met the guys, it's a couple of friends from Napoli, and they opened the space in Ealing, their first restaurant, 10 years ago. Uh, and I, as a kid, went there and was a huge fan of theirs immediately. So it's really cool to finally be actually working with them and embarking on a kind of joint venture with them. So yeah, you have to come back for that. So we've got um, a kind of very, very big variation of uses throughout the building. So again, more storage downstairs uh, on the ground floor. Uh, we're knocking the showroom through later this year into the first floor of the next unit. So we'll kind of double our footprint upstairs just because we're so busy with stock. And the second floor, we've carved it up into about 20 artist studios. So we've got everything from uh, sign writers to burlesque costumiers to uh, we've got CBD company moved in now, all the rage. At the end of last year, this um, pub was uh, sort of came up for grabs. It had been shut since the summer. So it was such a pain in the ass not being able to walk out of the showroom and get a pint in our local. So we took it on. My mum now runs it full time. She's done an amazing job of it. We've got live music on six nights a week and it was a bit of a last minute decision, but kind of welcome addition to the fleet <laughs> and coming to the workshops. We're locked out. Oh. <laughs> no, they heard you were coming. This is uh, where Dad and Algie operate from. So they're working on this um, Volvo 122 rally car here um, that we built and have rebuilt and rebuilt. It's every time it comes back from a rally, the owner wants kind of full thing going through, repainted, everything. It, we call it the Glamazon because it's forever beautified and then thrown out on these mad rallies making some noise. Fassel um, Vega here that we're kind of rectifying a lot of work on that had been done in the past. Um, new door skin, new corners going on it and things like that. This is the Jamaican Series 3 E-Type I spoke of. This is one of the E-Types that we repatriated. This was actually the only E-Type ever ordered and delivered new to Jamaica by some chap in the 1970s. Um, you'll see it's kind of a bit Fred Flintstone at the moment. Had a palm tree growing through it and all sorts, but new sills going on, new floor pans and everything else. And then sort of more workshoppy space through here that we're just in the process of setting up. So it's a bit chaotic. We haven't been in this part long. Yeah, stuff going on. I don't know what it is, but I feel like something special has been created here, whether intentional or not. There's just this kind of like sense that there's, there's something exciting happening, you know. Well, I think it's the fact that there's a lot of different businesses, a lot of different creative minds all in one place. And that's what I think is so impressive about what Merlin's done. It's not just the fact that he's built a very cool dealership for himself. He's sort of created the chance for other businesses to grow alongside him. And at 25 years old, that is, yeah, quite, I mean... Bravo. Anyway, I feel like I now need to make a mission for myself to get down to one of the classics and cake events. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago they had a McLaren P1 GTR, a Lancia Stratos. I mean, loads of different stuff. But this is just kind of a space I want to hang out in more. Like, I genuinely feel like it would be an amazing place to host a few podcasts. And, and maybe if I spend more time here, I will just naturally become a bit cooler. I feel like I, maybe I should get a fur jacket now. Is that kind of... I don't even know where you buy one of those things. But anyway, I hope you've enjoyed today's video. I hope you found it interesting. Give it a thumbs up if you have. And make sure you subscribe for plenty more videos to come. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.